Hi, everyone. It is Friday, June 23rd, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. We read all of the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. As you can tell, Mosh is off today. He'll be back on Monday, but it is Friday, so I'll keep this short and sweet. Let's get to the headlines. An update on the Titanic submersible. The worst has been confirmed. The Coast Guard says that there was a catastrophic implosion of the vessel. Tomorrow marks one year since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. I'll take a look at where things stand when it comes to abortion access across the United States. President Biden hosting India's prime minister. It's only the third state visit of his presidency. So what's on the agenda? Some new numbers from the census show that black Americans are leaving cities in the north and west. A Pentagon accounting error gives an extra $6.2 billion for Ukraine military aid. How did that happen? And heads up, John McEnroe, Wimbledon is rolling out AI for tennis commentary. Plus, I'll have on this day in history and what we are watching, reading and eating this weekend. Okay, let's start with an update on that submersible that was heading to the wreckage of the Titanic. The worst has been confirmed. The tour company Ocean Gate Expeditions now says that all five passengers on board that missing Titanic-bound submersible have sadly been lost. The Coast Guard says that debris from the submersible was found approximately 1,600 feet from the front of the Titanic on the sea floor. Officials say it's consistent with a, quote, catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber or an implosion of the vessel. One expert that I heard on CNN said that an implosion like that happens instantaneously and described it kind of like switching off a light switch. As for those banging sounds that had been heard during the search, the Coast Guard says that they do not believe that they are connected to the Ocean Gate vessel. That is based on where the debris field was discovered. And asked about the prospect of recovering the bodies of the five victims, Rear Admiral John Mager would only say that, quote, this is an incredibly unforgiving environment down there on the sea floor. Again, there were five passengers on board all presumed dead. Um, Still so many questions here, like what exactly happened and what went wrong. And it could be uh, quite a while until we have answers to those questions. Switching gears now, this weekend marks the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. That landmark ruling, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, gave states the power to make their own abortion laws. So we wanted to take some time to look at where things stand as of today. Twelve months later, according to the Washington Post, 17.5 million women of reproductive age or a quarter of women in that demographic live in a state where abortion is banned or mostly banned. At least 15 states have now banned nearly all abortion services. Before the Dobbs decision, only two states, Oklahoma and Texas, had restricted abortion after 20 weeks. There were other states that had tried to pass similar bans, but judges had blocked those efforts. Now, looking at the impact that this has had, 538 got access to estimates from the nonprofit group, the Society of Family Planning, which showed that there were about 24,000 fewer legal abortions from July of 2022 to March of 2023 compared to a period before Dobbs. But the numbers are really hard to come by, and they're just an estimate. Many women who are seeking abortions had been forced to travel to different states, and that's led to an increased cost for patients and also delays in getting care. 
which experts say has actually led to an increase in abortions in the second and third trimester of pregnancy. An economics professor at Middlebury College, Caitlin Myers, she researches reproductive policy. She told NBC News that often those who carry babies to term that they would have otherwise terminated are, quote, the poorest, most vulnerable of an already poor and vulnerable population. Now, when it comes to public opinion, support for abortion has increased since the Dobbs decision. A Gallup poll published last week found that 69% of respondents believe that it should generally be legal in the first three months of pregnancy. That is a record high, and it's two percentage points higher than last year. The Society of Family Planning says that in the nine months after the Dobbs decision, the rate of medication abortion also jumped. But now the fate of medical abortions is also up in the air. Back in April, as Moshe and I have talked about on this podcast, the Supreme Court blocked a lower court decision banning or limiting the abortion pill, Mifepristone, for at least the foreseeable future while the appeals process plays out. And that is a big deal. Medication abortions make up more than half of the pregnancy terminations in the United States. It is possible, though, that the case could make its way back to the Supreme Court at a later date. Now, if the court decides that FDA approval of mifepristone and other abortion pills should be revoked, this would likely impact women nationwide, even in states where abortion is still legal. And on to the politics of all this, the 2024 presidential election will be the first post-Roe election, and Republicans have been considering a federal ban. A lot of questions about how that is going to play in a general election. All right, we've got a lot more to get to, but we do want to thank our sponsor this week, Athletic Greens. We're always talking about health trends and food trends here on the podcast, and it is hard to get all of your nutrients. Well, one way to get all the important ones is Athletic Greens AG1 powder. It's just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. It is easy, quick, and lets you get on with your day knowing that you have gotten over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. You can visit drinkag1.com slash monews to take advantage of this offer. You get a discounted monthly subscription, or you can try it one time for just a month. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, for this special deal and really start to take ownership of your health. Okay, time now for the speed read from the Associated Press. President Biden rolled out the red carpet Thursday for Prime Minister Narendra Modi of India for the third state visit of his presidency. The White House says the visit will put on full display the deep and close partnership between the U.S. and India, despite concerns that India's democratic principles have eroded under Modi's leadership. The relationship has been described by Biden as one of the most important of this century as the U.S. rebalances its foreign policy focus to the Indo-Pacific in the face of an increasingly aggressive China. Now, just ahead of Modi's visit, President Biden suggested that Chinese President Xi Jinping was a, quote, dictator. The two leaders greeted each other warmly on the South Lawn in a welcome featuring marching bands and honor guards despite rainy weather. Vice President Kamala Harris, who is the first person of Indian descent in her role, and second gentleman Doug Emhoff were also there to greet the prime minister. 
Biden and Modi met in the Oval Office and appeared side by side at a brief news conference in the East Room, which is a rarity for Modi, who only held his first ever press conference in India in 2019 after being in power for five years. Modi later addressed a joint meeting of Congress before a state dinner at the White House Thursday night. About 400 guests were expected to attend, and the White House says the menu is plant-based and that there would be a mixture of American and Indian decor. Modi's trip, though, not without controversy, as the prime minister has been criticized for a rise in violence against religious minorities, as well as a crackdown on the press and dissenters. From ABC News, the Pentagon said this week that it overestimated the value of weapons that it sent to Ukraine by $6.2 billion over the past two years. That's about double early estimates, resulting in a surplus that will be used for future security packages. A Pentagon spokesperson said that a review of the accounting error found that the military services used replacement costs instead of the book value of equipment that was pulled from Pentagon stocks and sent to Ukraine. So she said final calculations show that there was an error of $3.6 billion in the current fiscal year and $2.6 billion in the 2022 fiscal year. And as a result, the department now has additional money in its coffers to use to support Ukraine as it pursues its counteroffensive against Russia. So based on previous estimates, the U.S. had committed more than $40 billion in security assistance to Ukraine since Russia invaded. And using the new calculation, the U.S. has actually provided less than $34 billion in aid. The timing here is significant. Ukraine just launched that counteroffensive against Russian forces. From Politico, Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, admitted Wednesday that the progress of Kyiv's counteroffensive to recapture Russian-occupied territory has been, quote, slower than desired. In an interview with the BBC, he said, quote, some people believe this is a Hollywood movie and expect results now. It is not. What's at stake is people's lives. Ukraine in recent weeks has ramped up efforts to reclaim its territory. But while Kiev says it's liberated eight villages in the country's south and east, progress has been slow against heavily fortified Russian lines. Back here in the U.S. from The Wall Street Journal, Black Americans are leaving cities in the North and West. The waves of migration that brought Black Americans to many Northern cities are reversing. Departing residents are heading everywhere from nearby suburbs to high-growth areas in the Southern United States, such as metro areas like Atlanta. According to the latest Census Bureau estimates, which came out on Thursday, Black residents are continuing to leave many urban centers in the North and elsewhere, adding to decades of decline. These losses have hit many major cities with historically large Black populations, including Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, and Oakland, California. The outflow marks a reversal of the Great Migration that began in the early 20th century as millions of Black Americans left the South looking for more economic opportunities and to flee racial violence. Now, much of this current shift is driven by younger, college-educated Black people who are relocating from northern and western places to the south. Now, according to William Fry, a demographer at the Brookings Institute, much of the current shift has been driven by younger, college-educated Black people who are relocating from northern and western places to the south. Some are motivated by rising housing costs and worries about safety. And from CNN, sports broadcasters, look away now. This week, tech company IBM announced that artificial intelligence will form part of Wimbledon's tennis commentary this year, apparently helping fans to engage with the tournament on a deeper level. 
The new feature will be used for all video highlights packages during Wimbledon on the Wimbledon website and app providing audio commentary and captions of key moments. Experts had been working with organizers to train the AI in the unique language of tennis. Kevin Farrar, IBM's sports partnerships leader, said that he sees AI as very much complementing the human element rather than replacing it when it comes to sports commentary. He says you can't replace John McEnroe doing commentary. That human element always needs to be there. By the way, Wimbledon starts on July 3rd and runs until July 16th. All right, time for On This Day in History. In 2013, 34-year-old aerialist Nick Wilanda becomes the first person to walk a high wire across the Little Colorado River Gorge near Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. He was not wearing a safety harness as he walked a quarter mile on a two-inch thick steel cable about 1,500 feet above the gorge. On this day in 1992, Mafia boss John Gotti is sentenced to life in prison after being found guilty on 14 counts of conspiracy to commit murder and racketeering. Moments after his sentence was read in federal courthouse in Brooklyn, hundreds of his supporters stormed the building and overturned and smashed cars before being forced back by police reinforcements. And on this day in 2016, UK voted to leave the EU. In that referendum, just over half of the voters elected for Brexit, Britain's exit from the EU. And it is Friday. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Time for what we are watching, reading and eating. I'll be watching season two of the Sex and the City reboot. And just like that. So it dropped on Max, which is the new HBO on Thursday. All right. Just my humble opinion. It's no Sex and the City, the original, but still enjoyable. And rumor has it, Kim Cattrall, a.k.a. Samantha, will be returning at some point in the season, despite her beef with Sarah Jessica Parker. As for what I am reading, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's the latest pick for my book club. We already read her book, One True Loves, which I really loved. And I heard from a ton of people who said that this book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, her best book by far. So I'm really excited. And as for what I am eating, it is the first official weekend of summer, so I'm going to find myself a good old-fashioned ice cream truck and have my favorite, an ice cream cookie sandwich, a.k.a. a chip witch. All right, everybody, a big thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Review us in the App Store so we can continue to grow. Call us, 1-800-711-MOSH, M-O-S-H. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mosh, M-O-S-H-E-H. All right, everyone, have a great weekend and we'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.